Weight loss gives people the um, seeing their body on the outside. It's the starting point. It's the most people's point of entry into change because for them, that's where they place their value of how they look upon others. It's not actually on the internal self. It's on the external validation. Understanding and loving yourself first, no matter. Again, it's, it's easy to say this, but like from the get-go, whether if you're like you're 300 pounds or 100 pounds, is loving yourself and respecting yourself first and going internal first. Hey guys, welcome back to the Digest This Podcast. I'm your host, Bethany Cameron. And today on the show, I have Ryan Carter, who is a nutritionist and health optimization coach and is not just someone who's read books and preaches, but he's someone who has tried and tested everything himself and lives the life he preaches. With over 430,000 Instagram followers, and a loyal clientele, Ryan has designed a unique program which utilizes the best form of functional medicine, preventative health care, biohacking, and the laws of mother nature. And he's here today to share that with you all. Hey guys, I actually need to tell you that if you're not subscribed to my newsletters, they come out every Friday and they're called Friday Finds. This is information that only my subscribers get in their inbox. I share new food finds I don't share on Instagram. Food news, food trends, and products that aren't even on the market yet. But I've got the scoop. I also share special discounts and other recipes throughout the week. Again, only to my newsletter subscribers. This is not published anywhere else and cannot be found on my blog. I do not and never have shared any of your information. This is just another way to stay connected. So be sure you're in the know and subscribe to my weekly newsletters by going to littlesipper.com slash subscribe and enter your email. That's it. So pause this episode and go to L-I-L-S-I-P-P-E-R.com slash subscribe. Teeth sensitivity is the least of your concerns when whitening your teeth. The ingredients in teeth whitening bleach can actually damage the cells of our gums. It can also damage the nerves, blood vessels, and connective tissues of the tooth. Overuse of these chemicals can lead to tooth sensitivity and gum irritation. If whitening products are used incorrectly, the peroxide in the whitening gel can wear away tooth enamel and irritate the dental nerves. Another risk to teeth whitening is a chemical burn resulting in more severe pain and inflammation if the whitening product reaches the gums repeatedly. And... There have been reports that whitening strips may even strip tooth enamel. And tooth enamel cannot be, and I quote, grown back or recovered. Tooth enamel is the hardest tissue in the body. Problem is, it's not living tissue, so it can't naturally be regenerated. Once it's gone, it's gone. That's why it's so important to care for your teeth. There's no recovery. 
bite toothpaste bits have been in my household since summer of last year. And they also just came out with a teeth whitening kit, which I'm so excited about because I already love their toothpaste. Bites teeth whitening kit is made without harmful chemicals and is safe for sensitive teeth. It's also cruelty-free, vegan, and lightly flavored with natural peppermint oil. Plus, it comes in a glass jar with a compostable applicator, so there's no alcohol, no propylene glycol, and no parabens or synthetic dyes or flavors. If you want to try this teeth whitening kit or any of Bite's natural toothpaste bits, Bite is offering my listeners 20% off your first order. Just go to trybite.com slash digest or use code digest at checkout to claim this deal. Ryan, thanks for coming on the show. You're very welcome. Pleasure to be here. Let's just dive right in. And I know a little bit of your history, but Ryan, you you dealt with an eating disorder and over-exercise edition back in 2010, correct? Yeah, I mean, whatever you want to call it or lump it under. So essentially, I, I, I mean, I would call it like disordered eating and just not not, not having a clue, basically. Right. Okay. Um, <laughs> like a lot of people out there. So I didn't know the hell what I was doing. I was listening to conventional advice. Um, and again, I had some like um, emotional things going on there. My ex-girlfriend at the time left me. And again, I just attached myself to the gym, the treadmill, dialed in a number on a scale and that was it. And I was set. And in that moment in time, I was kind of obsessed with that. And again, I don't think obsessed is a like a bad thing in any way. But again, it can get out of control when there's nothing else going on in your life. So again, that's what fundamentally came um, up in that moment in time. And um, again, I, I don't regret any of it. And fundamentally, like I've come away from that with a a wonderful experience, like, uh, thank the universe. But like, um, that, that's essentially one of the, I would say stepping stones of my health journey. Yeah. Well, it's definitely brought you to where you are today, which by the way, for those that are listening, you can't see Ryan, but you can check him out on his Instagram and we'll, uh, we'll make sure you get all that information. But I mean, you look healthy, you look great and you're super strong and, what helped you get out of that rut of overexercising and being obsessive with the gym and all that? The actual moment was my ex-girlfriend's parents literally just bringing it to my attention and awareness that I was literally damaging my body. And I wouldn't say the changes or what I did like from that like happened overnight because again, it was very hard losing control of what I've been doing for like the last few years. But that was probably the, the biggest moment. And again, it didn't actually come from my parents. It didn't come from any friends. It came from my girlfriend's parents. So I didn't really speak much, like didn't speak much with. And um, I, I held them with a lot of respect and essentially just broke me, the conversation. They're just being very honest and direct with me. And I came away like fairly shattered. And again, it just required me to to unlearn and relearn essentially. And then that's the process. What I do every single day is like learning and then unlearning and relearning completely just 
adaptation, essentially. And that's what health is fundamentally about. Well, and it's funny you said, you know, you feel like you were in control, but I feel like sometimes when you feel like you're in control, this is the only thing I can control, it starts controlling you. Yeah, I mean, you just clutch at straws and you just go down holes, really. And if it's not that, then it's this. And if it's not the exercise, then it's going to be like the fear around every single food item there is. Or if it's not that, it's the air. Or it's not that, then those people talking about me. And it's just like a... It's almost like a distraction. Well, yeah, you're just diverting the attention elsewhere. And with our life, with our environment that we live in, we have to let go of the control. Because again, we can't control everything. However, we can control the most important things like how we're thinking, how we're talking to ourselves, the way we speak with our loved ones, um, obviously the food that we put in our bodies, the light that we put on our skin. We can control a large amount of it. Yet, obviously, there's powers of above or laws in place for the general population that we do need to sort of follow to a certain degree. You might not accept it. Uh, we can argue or put a case forward to it. But again, we have to embrace it as a society. And again, as an ecosystem, obviously, there's some unfair, uh, manipulated stuff out there, which is heavily conflicted uh, in this health space, definitely. But again, it's we have our freedom, our right. And again, everyone's different as well. So again, I'm I'm obviously going to clash with somebody else or we have a different opinion. That's cool. But again, it's, you, you need to let go of, and again, not get fixated too much on your health. And again, that's, that's hard to hear when your health is a bit of a shambles, where you don't have good energy, when you feel like crap. And, and again, like we get fixated, but it's the harsh reality of it. And in this space of constant regurgitated information, you just get swallowed up. And wisdom is priceless. And again, you might be listening to this podcast or any other podcast and you think, oh, cool, it's like wisdom, it's information. But again, it's, we, are, we are part of this sort of industry and we, we do sprout information as well. So again, I, I, for me personally, I like to just provide a little bit more context and nuance with, with my points forward, not paint them as black and white. This is good, that's bad. Because it's never like that. Because again, depending where the person's at, we, we, again, we don't know. So again, it's it's just just trying to be as kind and, and empathetic to, to the majority of people. And obviously, you're going to offend some people. If you, I mean, if you're not offending someone, obviously, you're doing something wrong out there. But like, um, you just got to do you essentially at the end of the day and what's best for you and be selfish. And that's kind of opposite of what you hear about, oh, love everyone, spread the love and all that kind of stuff. Well, again, like, who's packing your parachute? Who's putting your oxygen mask on? Like, you matter most than anybody. You can't love someone else unless you love yourself first. So it all comes back to you and you got... You have to take care of yourself in order to take care of others. Otherwise, it doesn't work. And, you know, you, you had mentioned there's so much confusion out there in the health and wellness space. And I want to get into that a little bit more and ask you some really some interesting questions that I have. But before I do, I also wanted to, again, have you share a little bit more of a background as to, because you had you experienced food poisoning, you went on antibiotics, you had mercury poisoning, is that right? And you dealt with mold? Like, it, what what's happening here? I mean, you name it, I've probably experienced it. So... I don't know, I've been punched in the face a few times. Goodness knows, like, what, what's that done to me? Knocked off my, my motorbike a few times. Again, 
the biomechanics of that, what's that done to my nervous system. I ate a, a, a boatload of tuna, bluefin tuna, the, the good stuff, quote unquote, uh, for like three years in the attempt of like putting on a big like load of muscle uh, way back in the day. Uh, mold exposure from the, the work, my family business and antique shop. I like some parasite stuff that when I went traveling to Zanzibar in Tanzania. Yeah, and then numerous of antibiotics, thinking like H. Pylori, H. pylori uh, was like the devil or anything like that. So try to rectify that. Shingles, uh, just, just layer on layer on layer. So again, I, I've had this like personal experience. I, I've, I've tried most diets out there or ways of living apart from being a vegan and um, most fitness stuff. So again, I've got skin in the game, basically. And from these sort of experiences, it, it pushed me towards like, again, thinking about myself, what's going on with my body, asking questions, learning, assimilating the information, trying things out then going down on that biohacking sort of narrative for a little bit. And then just realized that, yeah, uh, uh, this was becoming a passion of like, I, w I can learn, I can study more about health. And again, most people in this nutrition space are, do have all these, these journeys, these experiences. Most practitioners out there have been what I've been through or some variation of that. So again, it's working through this and then essentially you, you come out the other side and thinking that you know everything and like you're, you're a nutritionist or a dietitian or whatever profession that you are. However, only a few people actually come out that, that hole and actually rectify their, their, their issues essentially. Well, that's what I see and perceive of it. So again, when I'm, when I'm online, essentially on social media, or when I just like scroll through a few things, uh, again, I, I know health very well. Uh, and again, there's a lot of pretending out there in this space. And I can see, and again, it's obviously plastered over with like makeup and uh, filters and even like Botox and everything out there. And again, like that's cool. That's down on the person. But again, you can just see it. And it's just such a shaky industry giving out all this health advice, alternative or conventional. And they're just as bad as each other, basically. And they're just hanging on like shoelace. Because again, no one's really practicing what they preach. No one really has a clue what's going on. Everyone's fighting each other. But in reality, like we should just be, again, thinking about the ecosystem about everyone and helping each other and just trying to find some sort of middle ground and some rational thinking where like, yeah, it might be some nervous system dysregulation. Yeah, it might be a little bit of mold coming into the picture because again, this sort of root cause approach is always just typically said by one thing. Oh, it was the mold. Oh, it was the candida. Oh, it was the lime. Again, it, it never works like that. The body's so dynamic. Like, again, there's there's no one system in the body that works independent. And again, there's no one root cause which basically brings the house down. Yeah, well, and, and I know that too, when you experience one thing, let's just say candida, then the candida opens up to another ailment because your body's already weakened and then you're more susceptible to mold and you're more, you know what I mean? And it kind of like snowballs. You can speak from experience, I'm sure I can as well, and so many others when you have one health issue, you start getting other health issues and it just keeps getting worse and worse. And I want to ask, you know, how did you detox from mold? How did you detox from the mercury poisoning and the antibiotics? What, what did you do 
uh, to get out of that situation. So again, I, I went down the functional narrative essentially, which again, I'm trained in mold specifically as well. So one of the experts out there, Jill Christi, who, who, who runs a really good, well-known like mold mycotoxin clinic. Cause again, there's mold and mycotoxins are two different things essentially. But again, how did I get out of this like whole mess essentially? Well, again, I like stripped back the layers essentially, because again, all these things are layers like the onion, they're layers upon layers. And I understand like, okay, what's the essence of health? What's the essence of life? Because again, the, the two essentially link together. And again, I stumbled upon the work of uh, a guy called Dr. Jack Cruz, who's been in the space for over like 10, 15 years, or 10 to 15 years. He's a bit like Marmite. So I don't know if you have that in the States or it's, um, it's it, basically he's not everyone's cup of tea. So um, he's very different. But again, his way of thinking and what he was putting out there was like slapping people around the face, basically, like waking people up. And again, this was at a time when I was listening to people like Dave Vasprey and believing in like the bulletproof diet. And again, it does have some merit, no doubt. But again, it really touched upon how health fundamentally works. And again, he was talking about things such as the mitochondria. And again, like the mitochondria, the, the power plants of the cell, where, where we produce ATP and all this kind of stuff. And this was like a eureka moment. Instead of like going through purely the functional medicine sort of way of thinking of like, okay, cool, take the antimicrobials, take the binder, like cross your fingers, let's hope six months down the line, we do that test marker again and it comes down. Like again, I'm not saying that approach doesn't work or there's no scope for that, but again, it's not actually addressing how our cells or how one cell or a collection of cell in a tissue, or how that tissue works within the, the organ, or how that organ's working within a system, and how those systems are working as the organism, and then the bigger environment underpinning that, okay? So again, it's just that understanding how these basically work in unison, and essentially vibrate and flow together. Because that's what health fundamentally is. It's a, it's a flow state, it's coherence. And again, if we are oh my God, it's the candida and like going down that, like that's not a flow state. And again, like the yogis know very much about this with like breath or the breatharians. And again, they don't really eat much or they claim to not eat anything. But again, they do pretty well. So again, there's a, it's, it's just discovering the essence of how essentially the cell works, primarily within the mitochondria, what health is fundamentally about. And it boils down essentially to producing energy Okay. And then the organization of that energy. So the structure, the organization where the membrane, the hormones, the receptors, the enzymes, where all these are working. Okay. So again, like we can go to the functional medicine route and just see that on a lab test. But like, how does that really play out in, in real life, in reality? So again, there's a big disconnect with what you, you always hear in functional medicine. Because again, we can test it. That's great. We can take this. That's great. But again, the, the reality, the real life is somewhere different to where, what, what that ideology says. Um, and again, like even conventional medicine, conventional medicine is just like, just way behind. At least functional medicine actually tells you, you do have some control and power with food choices. But again, it's essentially the, the environment 
and the biophysics which is influencing this energy and order equation, as an example. Hence why we're recording this. And I'm, I mean, I would be in darkness, but there's a little light on and there's some red light coming in to hit my face. So again, the environment essentially is dictating our energy. Okay. And if you don't understand this, then there's no chance in, 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 there's no chance for you basically to, to repair and to recover from any alignment, essentially. Because again, like without the energy, you cannot essentially detoxify nothing. Okay. Because again, that the whole point of detoxification requires, again, massive amounts of ATP. ATP is the, the currency of the cell, essentially. But even then, there's a lot, so much nuance to that. So, so, so to move a toxin out of a cell, to put it into the blood or into the lymph, to take it to the liver or to the kidneys, to get out, to go through these phases of detoxification, and then is to clear it in the kidneys. Is, is there optimal hydration or, or, or ions available to buffer it? Because typically it's in acidic, uh, a, a, an acid or within the liver, we've got the, the phase one, phase two components. And then what about the clearance of that? Is there bowel flow? Blah, blah, blah. What about the microbiome coming into the picture, which can actually just remove all these processes and it goes back in together? Then are we actually breathing? Like, have we, so there's so many things. There's so many layers to this. But again, that narrative, like, okay, you can just take this and that will happen is somewhat backwards. So again, to, to, to the actual question, I tested at the start with the functional medicine stuff. I tested halfway. And again, my symptoms were essentially the same. Okay. Then from there, I had this change of perspective and it's like, okay, this is like Newtonian sort of way of thinking. Do this, we can measure it. The body, again, once you measure something, that measurement is essentially inaccurate and doesn't mean anything for the rest of like time, essentially. So halfway through through detoxing, I want to make sure I'm clear. You you tested halfway through? From allegedly detoxing. Uh-huh. And so what did you do to change halfway through? So you were just doing diet and then not changing your environment? Yeah, essentially just being, being somewhat ignorant of the capacity of the environment the circadian rhythms, sleep a little bit as well, um, breath as well. And that doesn't mean like I'm a breatharian or like big believer in breathing. But again, I understand how oxygen, again, no oxygen, no ATP. N- nothing works without oxygen. You can go without food, but oxygen's a big player here. So so again, I, I, I was halfway in sort of the, the detox and I was like, okay, like I don't feel any different. I'm, 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 I'm believing in the process here, but nothing's really happening. And then I just, just tried my luck and dived in. And that was really sorting out circadian biology and doing the best that I could, which again is very important for the control aspect that we said at the start of the environment. Cause again, I was living in central London or West central London, living in a flat. And again, I couldn't change much then, but then over time, I could invest, I could find some time where I could travel outside of London, stay in the countryside for a little bit. I could, again, not work as much as I was. So then I could improve my sleep and my circadian rhythm standpoint. I could buy some glasses. I could learn more about this now in my free time. And again, things were clicking then. Because again, nothing works by luck. It it works on a timing mechanism 
or our biology, life works in timing mechanism. And there's one thing for sure that, again, is guaranteed is that the sun will rise in the morning and it will set in the evening. And again, that sets essentially every single cell and even organism in your body, aka your, your, your microbiome and all this kind of stuff, to, to, to entrain to a circadian rhythm. Without this organization, then again, the body is in a state of chaos. And again, chaos essentially is inflammation. It doesn't know what it's doing. So without this set, we're just throwing things in our body and just hoping that it's going to work. And again, you can see like recent studies supporting circadian biology and mechanism of drug delivery or using red light as a means of better um, like drug uptake within the brain with Parkinson's or timing of probiotics or antibiotics or timing of the heart attack risks. All, all this is coming to the picture because it's at essence, like it's about time and how your, your, your body's essentially processing and perceiving time. So what do you think the, the huge attribute was for, from your healing? Was it simplifying your life? Was it changing your environment? Or do you, do you, if you had to choose one thing, I mean, I know you, you say it's all of a combination, but do you think that if you had changed your environment and simplify your life and not changed your diet, you could have healed? No, I think the diet only takes you so far. And again, the, the diet is extremely controlling to a certain degree, especially like being in LA, you're subjected to so much crap, it's unbelievable. And again, from all like diets or, I don't know, food companies out there. And again, where I live in Nicaragua, it's literally just like junk food or normal food. That's it. No other diet exists. It's not like, quote, health food that's really not health food. or Yeah, I mean, I mean that, that comes through a little bit. But again, like maybe there's some like tourist trap vegan cafes or something. But again, it's just literally just junk food or normal food. There's, there's no like, this is the paleo cafe or this is the keto, whatever it is. And again, diet or food essentially is just a component of stored light energy created via photosynthesis, essentially. And again, most nutritional experts don't even understand that or even comprehend what I just said there. Meaning that, that essentially, like, I'm in Abu Dhabi right now. I, in theory, should not be consuming an avocado, wild salmon, coconut oil, blueberries to a certain degree. Because again, there's, there's, there's hardly any vegetation here. This is a dead zone, essentially. It's a desert. But again, it doesn't mean that those foods are the worst foods ever or they're bad. It just means that that's the real life consideration. You have to understand that this altered food environment has, has influenced the, the, our perception of what food is fundamentally about. In addition to our own health status, it's compromised. And again, that also means that there's another level to it, meaning that we can't just take that sort of ancestral approach we have to be critical and realize that, yeah, being in Abu Dhabi, that we would have just ate a goat for like a day, like feasted on the goat and not ate again for like a few days or just drank camel milk as an example, which is actually a true means for them or just eating dates on a certain season. But again, humans are not healthy to do that because again, we are not in touch with that. And again, we're getting inundated with information, social media, restaurants, everyone talking about food. So again, it's extremely hard to live like that. 
maybe you can live like that if you do what I do as an example. But realistically, I don't expect anyone to do like that. So again, there needs to be some changes there. And there's, there's like so many middle grounds where that person's at, what they're comfortable with, their personal preferences, their budget, blah, blah, blah. But again, food will literally only take you so far. Okay, like, like, I, like I just said, if you're not breathing properly, all this potential food energy, okay, like calories, it's not going to get processed. Okay, so again, the use of oxygen is essentially pulling, literally pulling with a magnetic force, all the food through to your mitochondria to burn. And if that's not working, then it doesn't really matter what food you're eating anyway, for the most part. Did you know low magnesium levels make vitamin D ineffective and up to 50% of the U.S. population is magnesium deficient? Magnesium also plays many other crucial roles in the body, such as supporting muscle and nerve function, as well as energy production and sleep regulation. My holistic doctor told me to start taking magnesium. I tried multiple pills from different brands and didn't see much of a difference in my sleep. Then Ned came out with a new and improved formulation of their Naked Magnesium Powder. This new formulation contains no sweeteners, no flavorings, and no gums. And since I already was a fan of their CBD, I decided to give their Naked Magnesium Powder a try. The very first night, I noticed a difference in my sleep. Not only did I fall asleep quicker, but I stayed asleep through the night. And the best part is that I didn't wake up groggy the next morning. So if you are looking for a magnesium supplement, may I strongly recommend Ned's Naked Magnesium Powder. I have full confidence this will benefit your sleep and ultimately your life. So become the best version of yourself and get 15% off Ned products with code DIGEST. Go to helloned.com slash digest or enter code DIGEST at checkout. While we're on the topic of food, and I know you had mentioned there's, you know, so many, so much confusion out there. Um, what are What are five underrated superfoods that no one is talking about? Yeah, so fish eggs, I think, are phenomenal. I don't see many people talking about them or eating about them. And even like nowadays, people are scared of eating fish. Oh, fish eggs are amazing. They're probably one of the most, if not the most, concentrated source of omega-3s. Is that correct? Well, yeah, and choline especially. Again, this is, this is why wild bears literally discard the muscle meat, go straight for the eggs and skin, and then just like throw the meat away. What's, what's another one? Liver. Liver's going to be a big one, but not for the reasons that most people discuss. It's, it's actually for the vitamin A content, the retina. And again, even there's a subpopulation that would say vitamin A is toxic and you don't need to eat it. Well, again, like that's understanding how vitamin A works. It's, it, there's byproducts or metabolites of vitamin A. So it's ex- extremely complicated to understand. But again, this is why I'm in red light. And to protect my vitamin A or my eyes and skin. But again, liver is very important for that. And again, it doesn't matter. Lambs, chicken, beef, like just, just get it in. Yeah. Just, just, just get it in there. 
I feel like liver is like a multivitamin. It's full of just so many different nutrients and I think it's delicious. And if you can't consume liver, I know there's some liver capsules that are freeze dried and, you know, but if you can, if you can eat it, just, you, you only need a little bit too. You can't, you don't need like a, an entire handful of it. Exactly. So again, like, I think in the States, you've got a few companies that mix it up as well into ground meats. We do. So, yeah. yeah. Force of nature. So, that's one of them. It's great. That solves that problem. The next one, I would say watercress or arugula. I think you guys call it that. We have, we have arugula and watercress. I, I thought they were different. They are different. Oh, okay. The, 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 they're essentially like not, I wouldn't say, I don't know if they're from the same family, but mechanisms sort of similar. And again, this is very important for, again, everyone talks about consuming carrots for binding estrogens in the gut or endotoxins. Like, but again, it's like, how do these toxins even get there in the first place? And again, this is based on a, a detoxification pathway called glucuronidation. And again, very important, actually connects back to the, the vitamin A uh, bit of the puzzle as well. So watercress is, is pretty powerful for glucuronidation activation. It doesn't mean just like eat a bag of it. It just means like, okay, if you're having steaks or some eggs with some, some fish eggs, just throw a little bit of like watercress on the side there and you're good. The next one, look, this is a funny one actually, because I, I tweeted this the, the last week. So a steak, a normal steak. And again, most people go for that really lean cut. They don't want the sinew. Okay. So again, this is like the chewy part of the steak. Well, in fact, I'd actually say this is like gold for your skin. This is like unique type of collagen. I believe it's like type two. Again, this is really going to be improve the elastin potential of your skin. And again, like I'm not saying just like chew a big piece of a sinew or a but again, like if you can just like give it a go of the small pieces. And again, if you if you want to, if it's safe for you to do, just swallow it essentially or get it down to a really fine piece. Is this fat or no? It's not fat. So so no, it's it's literally just like cartilage and sinew. So again, I don't okay. know if you've ever seen like a whole liver. There's actually like a film around that liver. So that's yeah. like fascia. Yeah. So fascia's all around your body. But again, even in the muscle meat, there's like cartilage and sinew. And again, this is like connective tissue, essentially. And the connective tissue is very important for the human body, not just for the collagen, for the, the physical appearance, but for structure integrity. So a means of communication, um, the fascia. Okay, so again, this is talking about acupuncture and the meridians and all this kind of quote unquote pseudo stuff. But again, there's actually a mechanism to this because it's a way of uh, energy transfer within the body. So again, that would be like beef, obviously, a steak. But again, if you've got that bit of sinew on the side, don't just throw it out. Maybe give it to a dog. But again, just don't eat, try and chew it yourself. And this is what I've been experimenting and encouraging. And again, like a few people in the space will be like, yeah, like this is, or just throw it in your bone broth. So save it, mm -hmm. keep the bones in the freezer and then make a batch of bone broth. So that, that's a really good one. I mean, I think eggs is good, but I think that's like, most people know about that. Right. I'm a big fan of like the pomegranate, cherries, anything with a sort of like polyphenol or amphocyanin uh, or flavonoids, something like that. Uh, again, purely for, again, modulating your gut but again it goes for the gut and these metabolites essentially act a bit like sun cream in your body 
And again, if, if you do know who I am, I'm literally like the same color as Nicaraguans and I'm from England. I honestly don't wear any sun, sunblock or sun cream, whatever you want to call it. Um, and again, I would be out in Abu Dhabi. And again, I wouldn't recommend for anyone else to do this because I'm just talking about personal experience. I'd be out there for like seven hours straight from like 10 in the, like nine in the morning till like uh, four in the afternoon. And I would have no problems if I'm being sensible. Um, and not like rotating around. But again, this is purely from like the flavonoid protection, even things like green tea offer, essentially. So again, whether that's pomegranate, cherries, elderberries, there's something usually lurking around in your locals, local environment, which again, offers that sort of protection within the skin. Okay, let's let's switch gears here. What are some overrated, quote, health foods that everyone is eating, but they actually aren't good for you at all? Um, I, I actually saw a post on your Instagram and you were saying like nuts and nut butters and, you know, things like that where people just think those are just great for you. And I'm not saying they're bad for you, but they can be very overly used. Yeah, de- definitely with nuts. I think they just get abused. <laughs> I mean, made into pro- uh, health, quote, quote unquote, health products. So we just need to be careful there. Like evolutionally designed, they would have been rare to find. And especially when they're grounded. And again, goodness knows how they've been made. For example, like almonds, how they've been sprayed and treated. Again, it doesn't mean like I'm against nuts. I think walnuts are fantastic if they're well sourced and eaten with common sense. A little bit goes a long way. And again, that's that's not even talking about like the oils, which are, again, I think is just like, just moronic to consume in the first place. Consuming a large amount of like any sort of added oil or fat in general, I think is actually like um, a misnomer in that degree. What about olive um, oil? Uh, again, like this is the paradox of the, the Mediterranean Diet. Oh, it's the olive oil, which really, well, again, is it their lifestyle or is it the actual the whole food philosophy and a way they just like chill out and just ponder life? So again, it's just like, where's the, is it really the olive oil doing these things? And again, it doesn't mean that not to use olive oil. It doesn't mean not to use any oil. Because again, olive oil has some amazing things to it. Uh, and again, influencing the gut. I think it's amazing. I personally love it. Yeah, again, it, it tastes amazing. So again, add it at the end of your cooking. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. But again, I, for me personally, I think it would be more superior for you to eat a more sort of, I wouldn't say fatty meat, but again, not being shy of eating a fatty type of meat or fish, opposed to just liber- like liberally just throwing on oils and drenching your food in fat as an added uh, substance when in when in reality like you wouldn't like again it would be like eating a chicken press and then adding on the oil because you can control the oil amounts when you eat basically like a whole chicken you have no idea of like the, the, the fat on it so again this is like done from the bodybuilding culture of controlling everything especially the fat because again it's energy dense and again, when you can control the oil, you have more awareness or you have more control with the calories as such. But again, in reality, the majority of the fat that humans would have consumed would have just been animals or seasonal plants, such as like avocados or nuts or seeds, 
seeds, which maybe would have been minimal anyway, or eggs or fish, etc., etc. So again, it, it's just following that sort of philosophy. But again, it doesn't mean the olive oil is bad. It's like obviously a superior oil to use compared to um, like the vegetable oil. But again, it's I, I wouldn't go crazy with it personally. So you would rather prefer to cook a fatty steak in its own fat and let the fat render than adding olive oil to a very lean piece of chicken. Exactly. And again, like, the, I mean, I, w- I wouldn't go out my way to, to promote things like Wagyu beef because I don't agree with that. And again, that would be probably one of the fake health foods as well. But again, like, I wouldn't just go <laughs> eat a big lump of fat either on an animal. Uh, because again, like, I don't need a lot of energy uh, to stay warm or to burn through, essentially. So again, I, I don't need those extra, quote unquote, fat calories from that piece of meat. So again, it's just a bit of common sense of just eating some fat on the meat. Uh, and again, that's a massive thing for satiety, um, these long chain fatty acids, essentially. Because again, like m- m- most, most people who eat these sort of fattier stuff, for example, breakfast, eggs, cooked in a little bit of ghee, maybe there's some cheese on the side, or you, there's a bit of meat or bacon or sausages. Again, those people are typically not going for like that, that cake or have a sweet tooth desire. This is how it's designed because it actually is influencing the brain and dictating like we're good. We don't need that sweet treat after our breakfast because again, we're good. We're satiated. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, um, so what? what's your take on gluten-free? I mean, there's so many gluten-free this, gluten-free that. And I feel like hopefully a lot, most of my listeners are aware that just because it's gluten-free does not mean it's healthy. In fact, sometimes it's worse for you. But what is your, your opinion on that? I mean, if you, if you label one of your recipes as gluten-free, I think that's okay. But anything else, like, so obviously I see your food and maybe you use that gluten-free. But again, obviously that's going to be legit. But again, other people that you find in a store, again, just be hesitant. It's going to typically come with like some other sort of pseudo gluten-free grains, almonds. Again, even I would say coconut flour can be an irritant for some people as well, especially in that, that sort of like baked good stuff. Well, even if it's gluten-free, they're putting in, they have to replace it with something. And a lot of it is fillers, chemicals, just junk in these different bars that can really just wreak havoc on on your health and digestion. Well, again, I think I made a point to, I said it somewhere. It's just like gluten-free is just like, just just pointless. It, it, It doesn't make sense. And even like, even if you have celiac, it's like, okay, but I'm celiac and like, I, I need my gluten-free stuff. Well, like maybe get over it and just like eat some root vegetables and honey. How about that? Like um, your life doesn't evolve around bread. And again, like, I think if that's the case, I think there's like some disordered relationship with food. If you can't sustain your life and you think like toast is, is, is life and you can't have like your croissant with your coffee in the morning... That is essentially disordered eating, in my opinion, or modern disordered eating. Um, Well, it's interesting because I know people that have celiac and they're like, I went to Europe, I was able to eat the bread there, you know, because it's just different there than it is in the USA as far as um, things being sprayed with glyphosate and pesticides and all of that too. 
Well, I mean, with that say, glyphosate does travel. So I'm sure it's like all over the UK as well or in Europe. So again, no one's free of all these agents that get added into our environment. So we're just, again, like, I think, so again, no, no one's safe. But again, I'm sure the farming practices in Europe have tougher standards. In addition, obviously, when someone says they go on holiday, they're obviously away from the work, but probably spending less time on their computer, less time getting fried by all the EMFs. They're probably sleeping better. I don't know. Maybe if they're in a happy relationship, they're having more sex. So again, like, who knows what this does to their immune health? So again, there's a whole confounding factors involved there. But again, maybe there's something to it. But again, I don't think there's a personal need or should be a need for eating like uh, wheat in general. And again, maybe you can handle it. I, I don't encourage, I don't think it's a great thing. I think there's better foods that provide more value, essentially. Again, I'm sure doing the sourdough, practicing, cook it in that way, buying obviously organic wheat, maybe going to Europe. I, I think it's an, food is an amazing experience. But again, I think it's to need something on a daily occurrence, again, with anything is, is problematic, essentially. Again, I, talking about those five favorite foods, I wouldn't eat them every single day either. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Switching gears just a little bit here, because I wanted to ask you, I saw you have great actual female advice, even though you're a male, <laughs> you have great female advice. And I saw a post on your Instagram the other day talking about the energy put out for women who breastfeed. And it was like, women need more energy to produce breast milk than they need for their brain. Well, again, you're, you're fueling a whole nother organism whose, whose metabolism is sky high, who has no Again, your not just the energy, your information is being shared with this baby. Like there's a reason why your breasts are close to your heart because the bra the baby's going there. So again, your heart is like your energy center. It's actually got its own magnetic field because it's packed with mitochondria. They produce energy. Anything with energy actually has a magnetic field around. So again, you're essentially giving your baby a lot of information and again, this is why you rock your baby by your chest as well. So again, this is the demands of see sky high. And again, obviously you hear it in like the press or celebrities. I got to get back to my, um, pre, pre pregnancy weight as soon as possible. Again, that's that, that could be kind of reckless for your baby's health as well. Again, your health, your your history as well has a big factor. How again, females they they do contain more body fat. Body fat was like liquid gold essentially, evolutionary speaking, as humans. And even in in the culture in the Middle East, that the men here actually desire women with a bit more body fat. It's actually a, a quote unquote like bad sign for a, a woman not to have body fat on her because again, their culture is about the woman to be supporting the children and maybe having more than the standard American household of like two or three. It's maybe having like five or six or maybe eight. Um, so again, this, this is key. The body fat is a big reserve for women. And again, in our society and culture of being lean and showing abs all the time is sort of somewhat backwards. So again, it's just like respecting this, respecting the biology. And again, if you're not getting that fuel in, you're going to be craving something and your brain's going to go for some cookies or cake or some crisps. Because at the end of the day, it's like all this sort of diets, restrictions, 
it, it never pans out. You always go back on yourself or you just grab for, quote unquote, the cheat or you go on a bender. Well, I'm sure the same thing happens with pregnancy or, or when you're breastfeeding, your hunger goes for the roof or your, your energy consumption goes for the roof and you do need to replace that. You do yeah. need to look after yourself. You need to take care and like put on your oxygen mask, basically. Great advice. And speaking of like a diets versus lifestyle. So, so many people go on these so-called quote diets. And I think the reason they often fail is that in their mind, they are on a, again, quote diet and not making changes for their long-term life. So what advice can you give someone that really wants to make a lifestyle change? Because so many people just go on these crash diets and it just never works. Yeah, I mean, so weight loss gives people the um, seeing their body on the outside, gives them the, typically the, it's the starting point. It's the most people's point of entry into change because for them, that's where they place their value of how they look upon others. Okay. It's not actually on the internal self. It's on the external validation standpoint. So again, that's actually the starting point to go in with. So again, understanding and loving yourself first, no matter, again, it's, it's easy to say this, but like from the get go, whether if you're like you're 300 pounds or a hundred pounds is loving yourself and respecting yourself first and, and going internal first with like realizing that your, your weight loss will come. Ultimately, if you just optimize your internal self, again, how we utilize our body fat would be handled by the brain. So again, essentially optimizing your brain before anything, because I essentially see like obesity or being overweight is actually a brain issue. Okay. Because again, our fat tissues are communicating with our brain. Our brain's communicating with our gut. Again, the brain is dictating how energy essentially is working and burning in our cells all across the body. It's dictating this. So again, starting within, and again, that's fine if like weight loss is like your starting point or your desire and what you want to achieve. I, I think it's, it's, it's amazing that people want to lose weight and if, if that's what, what they want. But again, it's not the most important thing because again, I'm sure when they get and they lose their weight, which they can do on these all these diets, are they actually happy? Is this is this diet that they've done literally just destroyed their relationship with food and themselves and their social relationships? And now they literally got nowhere to move because now they can't go out or now they've listened to like the fitness chef and like they're scared of everything and they think that, oh, it's all about calories and I, I can't eat that steak even though it's nutritious uh, because it's, I don't know what the calories are because again, like, it's, it's not my, my fitness app that, that has the calories for it. So I better stick with that package item that's got all the calorie details and it's likely going to be more accurate. Then they're like, oh, I didn't do enough steps today or something. I can't, you know, and I'm just like... Well, know. again, like your, your, your body doesn't unfortunately like work like a robot. It, it, nothing's isolated. Again, there, there's some partial truth in like how it works. So again, like th- there is like your energy in, energy out ratio of every single day. Are you technically going to know that? No. Does it vary? Yes. Is there going to be some discrepancies with what you eat and what you burn each day? Yes. So again, it's just like, it's just like a fallacy to even track or worry about it. Essentially, what it's about is optimizing your brain to take control 
and be smart with all the decisions that you make or the choices that you make, uh, which again is going to make you happy and fulfilled for your short, medium, long-term life, but also like relate that to your mental, emotional and physical health as well. So again, optimizing the brain essentially. And again, it really homes in on what we shared at the beginning with my journey is understanding the circadian biology, understanding the light environment. Essentially, this is setting the tone with your energy metabolism through your body. It is really, it is really the key because again, it's, it's dictating fuel sources. It's dictating the, 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 the dynamic utilization of energy within the mitochondria. So you would say to someone wanting to make a lifestyle change is to first make a mental switch. Again, like where do most people binge or go off? Like it's at nighttime. It's when they're actually exposed to blue light watching a film that they open the fridge and boom. So again, it's, it's literally the environment. Like what, what's the best like midnight or what's the, what's the best late night snack? Well, it's, it's to go to bed. Like it, it, it all works around this principle. And again, as soon as we lose control of our environment and do what society says with like turning on the lights, putting on the TV, we become like obedient and sort of manipulated into living that sort of narrative of stocking up our fridge and all these sort of snacks to watch our films in nighttime when in fact we should actually be sleeping. So then we can seize the day like you did at five o'clock in the morning. <laughs> oh yeah for those listening I was telling Ryan I, I've been up since 5 a.m today so um no that's that's great advice um now just for time's sake here I, I want to just ask you one more question if you could choose what is your favorite meal to make at home I'll, I'll give you my Nicaragua okay I'll give you a Nicaragua edition and a Abu Dhabi Edition. So in here, here at the moment, it's literally again. I, I, there's, I, I don't know where there's a farmers market here. So I'm just literally just going to the a regular supermarket, and for me, that's an experience in a half. Uh, seeing like the pseudo food everywhere. I, again, I don't see that in Nicaragua. I, I just literally just go to the shack on the side and just the butcher and get my stuff. So coming here and seeing the supermarket is like kind of surreal. How people do things um but again it would be buying like some ground lamb um and they call it like a kofta here um so it's just like ground meat with a few spices literally just make it like small little patties throw it on like um a cast iron pan whilst that's sort of like halfway i just like throw on like a whole red onion and maybe some garlic as well in the mix and then they have a thing here called labna which is like a strange yogurt. I love that. Yeah, I'd have that. Maybe I'd actually add some lemon juice and some um, more garlic to that. Um, And then have some like sliced carrot or a bell pepper with that. And that would literally be like my, my, my meal that I'd be having. That's my favorite meal at the moment. Again, that's so simple. So simple. And maybe that's, yeah, that, that's literally just it. I, lo- I love that you just bring all the simplicity and just real food onto a plate instead of saying, well, I would get, you know, this package and that package. And it, it really is. The ingredients speak for themselves. And uh, it sounds like a delicious meal. Now I'm craving labneh. 
Labne or lab, <laughs> Labna? Some people say I th- Labna. I, I have no idea. Lab, I call it Labna. I think we mean the same thing. And and like in, in Nicaragua, it literally just being shrimp and or red snapper. And that was just like literally in a pan with a little bit of ghee or butter. And again, more red onion, uh, maybe some bell pepper, green bell pepper in there, maybe some habanero uh, sauce, and like maybe an avocado, maybe a plantain. That, and that would literally just be an ideal meal for me. Mm, now, okay, you're making me hungry now. It's not even lunchtime yet. So, but again, it's just like, but again, this is me. This is like super simple food. Again, my, my life is not about chasing flavors and being creative. Again, it's about like picking good food, local seasonal food, as nutrient dense as possible. And just putting it together in the least amount of effort and time. Again, I, I don't want to be needing to go to get some gluten-free grain, like gluten-free pasta or some, I don't need avocado mayonnaise to make my meal. Um, it's just like literally just trying to buy the best ingredients and allowing the, the ingredients to speak for themselves, essentially. And the, the most important factor is that I'm actually like enjoying the, the meal with someone or that there's there's a bigger thing to the meal. It, it's not just the meal, it's like, it's a whole experience of eating and how this is making me feel or sharing a conversation with someone. Yeah, I love that. Well, I think the big takeaway for me is go on a vacation. <laughs> go and relax. So I'll take the, anyone listening, take that as your sign, go on a vacation, even if it's just a vacation in your backyard. Um, well, thank you so much, Ryan, for coming on the show today. And where can people find you? What's your Instagram? What's your website? Pimp yourself out. I'll pimp myself. So it's livevitae, L-I-V, L-I-V-E-V-I-T-A-E. That's on Instagram. And my website, same thing, levite.com. Twitter, Levite UK. Again, they're, they're the best places to find me. So on Twitter, I probably share a bit more of a science side of things, of how my brain really thinks. On Instagram, just because of how everything changes and um, the reach and all that kind of crap, um, I, I probably don't do as much on there as or share as much stuff on stories as much, but twi- Twitter's like more engaging for me, uh, especially with like all the nutrition and health science stuff. Um, but that's it. All right. Yeah. I follow you on Instagram. I love your stuff. I love what you post. So go check him out. And uh, thank you again, Ryan, for being on. You're very welcome. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Digest This. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review in your podcast app to let us know. If you're ever wondering how you can support me and this podcast, sharing it with your friends and family is the best way. This is a resonant media production produced by Drake Peterson and edited by Chris McCone. To email the show, message us at digestthispod at gmail.com. See you next time. The content of this show is for educational and informational purposes only. It is not a substitute for individual medical and mental health advice and does not constitute a provider-patient relationship. As always, talk to your doctor or health team first. If you're looking to take back your health, it's time for you to listen to the Real Foodology podcast. From the producer of Digest This comes one of Apple Podcasts' top 10 nutrition shows, hosted by integrative nutritionist and real food activist Courtney Swan. The Real Foodology podcast is on a mission to change the way we eat. Courtney interviews doctors, food experts, health professionals, and nutrition pioneers to bring you the best info so you can thrive. 
Somewhere along the way, we lost sight of how impactful our food choices are. But it's never too late to start on the path of better health choices. You'd be so surprised how resilient our bodies are when we start taking care of them. Yes, it's overwhelming, but that's why Courtney's here to help. She breaks it down for you and makes the information more accessible so that you can make more informed decisions in the grocery aisle or restaurant. Listen to the Real Foodology podcast today on your favorite podcast app. New episodes every Wednesday. Produced by Drake Peterson and Resonant Media.